For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This to me is like the really fascinating material. I don't know what the answer is, but we're looking for patterns. I think we're looking at kind of a type of cosmic alchemy. The story slowly grew Still, a lot of people don't know that this technology actually exists. The possibilities here are pretty mind boggling With uh, Andrew Eldridge singing... And it was a, it was a, it's a good album, man. It's a lot like the album Closer, but a little more fancy. But it's that same tone, kind of. Yeah, kind of getting back into the the Joy Division style. I mean, kind of. Like- it was more, it was more fancy though. It Joy Division was very simplistic. Yeah, yeah. This one had, I think, it had two guitarists in it, didn't it? Uh, I think it did. Yeah, I think so. It had dueling guitars in it. I'll be back in a second. That these are asking. <laughs> we just joy division <laughs> joy division was so like just much more punk in a way because if you listen gritty. to yeah. the really early stuff like i don't know if you ever heard like the warsaw bootlegs but that stuff is yeah, pretty yeah. pretty punky yeah they started out as pretty much a straight up punk band yeah it's it's just interesting how like what an experimental direction they went in though we we talk about this a lot because we still listen to joy division sometimes in the car and i was like that it kills me that ian curtis was singing that and he sang that way and he sounded like an old man but then he mm-hmm. was like he died when he was 23 mm-hmm. yeah he and was the fact that he quite just, young yeah, that he just like wrote his lyrics and sang like that, and he sounded like you know the oldest guy in the universe. <laughs> but he was just a kid, really. It's just that that blows me away. Still, well, he just <laughs> he just had like the guy. I mean, you look at it now and you just think, well, how stupid, you know, just just suicide in and of itself. I just think is kind of, I don't know. I, I yeah. have a lot of problems with it, obviously, but like you know he. 
not to make an excuse for him, but you know, the guy had like, he had like untreated epilepsy yeah, and like he was unhappily married. Yeah. He had this other girl in his life. And I actually watched, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about movies tonight, but I actually watched the movie Strosek that uh, they say yeah. that he hung himself to. And that's, yeah, that's uh, right. the Werner, Werner Herzog film. And like, yeah. I'm watching that and I'm like, you know, if I was really depressed, like Ian Curtis, I would probably hang myself too watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a couple of movies. So like I that. guess I guess we have to blame or thank Werner Herzog for New Order. I don't know how that actually <laughs> how that actually works. <laughs> I heard that I heard that Ian Curtis also had um, Iggy Pop's The Idiot yeah. play. Yeah, he did. On the mm-hmm. Turntable. Yeah. Or supposedly. I mean, that's what you hear. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much like Tony Wilson, you know, the guy that was the founder of factory records. Yeah. He could have made some of that shit up. You know what I mean? That's true. Like you just don't know. Like he did. He seemed like an okay dude, but he also seemed kind of like a, a showman. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, do you you did see uh, Twenty Four Hour Party People, right? Oh yeah, many times. <laughs> I know I love that movie. <laughs> Have I you ever seen that? Rob? Movie. No. Twenty Four Hour Party People is yeah. about the Tony Wilson, who was like a, it was like Granada TV in the UK, mm-hmm. and he was uh, the founder of Factory Records, and he like, well, he said he did, but he pretty much discovered Joy Division, and then. After Ian Curtis died, later on, like signed like Happy Mondays and all that. So that that movie is all about that and like the Hacienda Club in Manchester and all this kind of stuff. I geek out over this stuff, Jenny. In case you, <laughs> I know, no, seriously, I love that movie. And I've read yeah. like I have a whole bunch of books about it. And I mean, I'm I'm like super into that whole Manchester scene. You know, I love Joy Division. I love The Smiths. I mm-hmm. love The Fall. Um, oh yeah. yeah. All that kind of stuff. So I have tons and tons of books about it. I'm looking at a book about the fall right now. It's like I have a Manchester one. I have all this. So I have all stuff. <laughs> well, you spent some time in the UK, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Um, I it was. It's been a while. I think 2009 was the last time I went over there. Well, I used to be um, married to a Welsh guy, so we kind of we lived over here most of the time. But I lived over there a little while, probably not that long. I think it was only six months maybe. Um, and I went to London, I went to Cardiff, I went to like all the places, but, uh, I never got to go to Manchester, unfortunately. Cause mostly, mostly we lived in Wales and it was just like this dinky little town that used to have a coal mine. And then the coal mine got closed. So everyone mm-hmm. was unemployed. <laughs> so it was just like this tiny little place, but was, uh, you know. did you learn any Welsh? Um, yeah, it actually was, I was trying to learn it, uh, for a while, but I've forgotten most of it now. I still got all my Welsh dictionaries and my language tapes and stuff. That is really, uh, it's such a hard language because it has like some the same letters, but they're pronounced like completely differently than yeah. English. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really confusing. Like when you see a U in a Welsh word and you expect it to sound like an English U and it really does not. <laughs> yeah i bet um i think irish gaelic or gaelic 
is the same way. Like it's really just kind of yeah. weird. And that it's kind of interesting, like, because some of those languages, they, they kind of came back from the dead. Yeah. You know? Well, the interesting thing about um, whales was that for a long time, um, for a long time, they were afraid that um, people were forgetting how to speak it or anything like that. So they started, I don't even remember if it was in the 70s, maybe, but they started um, teaching it in schools again. And uh, they went and did all the signs in the country are bilingual. Um, My ex-husband, actually, for the first until he was 11, he went to a school that was all in Welsh. They didn't uh, speak any English, except in English class. But all the other classes, math, everything was in Welsh. Hmm. So well, I couldn't um, understand it, dude. They weren't. Well, I didn't <laughs> think his accent was that thick, honestly. Not, not, com- not compared to the rest of his family. I was talking to that dude, and I couldn't understand what he said. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, he doesn't. He didn't even have like sounded like something out of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he didn't even have that thick of an accent. Yeah, I thought. So I thought it was funny. Because, <laughs> I always, I always liked the, cause like I said, his, his wasn't that strong, mm-hmm. but like when, when I went over there and like listened to people talking, yeah. I actually really liked, uh, like that accent. They sound like they're singing, like even when they're talking, mm-hmm. it's really weird. <laughs> South Wales, North Wales, the accent is a little bit different. Interesting. But Interesting. I was in South Wales. What's up, Katie? You guys ready to start the show? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. We, we, we've already started recording, so okay. <laughs> we just kind of we just kind of go on the fly now. But well, uh, I, but I, I will say that <laughs> thank you guys. This was kind of short notice for you guys to come on. I had the guest that was supposed to come on uh, had kind of I guess a last minute um, something came up for them, so they weren't able to come on. Okay. Uh, but uh, you guys, I th- I was thinking, who could I get on? And I was like, I was like, well, you know, Rob loves Tom and Jenny. I do, <laughs> and, I, and I love and I love you too. So I thought, um, let's just get these guys on, and we haven't had them on in a little. It's been a little bit, so we can kind of jam on some stuff that you guys have talked about on Thirteen O'clock Podcast. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah we're good for a laugh. You know, I, I'll make you laugh and then Jenny does all the research. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> well, well, Tom, you know, whenever I listen to you guys show, I am constantly laughing at everything that you say. <laughs> especially the last episode, not the one you just put out, but the one about the BTK about, oh, yeah. the, uh, about his sexual problem. Yeah, <laughs> sexual problem. <laughs> I were very upset, of course, you know, very upset. That, can you believe that he fucking said that? I can't believe it. Yeah, I was just raping them and killing them, and they were getting upset. They were getting, know, a upset. getting a little upset. Of course, of course, you know, she was upset. You know. <laughs> I had these sexual problems. Right. Yeah. I cannot believe that. I sexual believe problems. That. <laughs> <laughs> and just to say, like, you know, it, it, it sounds horrible that we're laughing at this, but it's just we're, we're more laughing at like the silliness of the of that guy himself, not that yeah, not yeah. laughing at the victims that you know. Yeah, that he I did. would never do that. It's like it just no. seems like one you have to laugh because it's so horrible, but also yeah. I kind of feel like serial killers they get kind of glamorized and ooh, what a yeah. badass and stuff. They're and making th- money off of. I think it's better to like mock them because that's the truth. The truth is, is that they're losers. Yeah, because if they weren't a yeah, loser, real man doesn't have to do any of that shit. 
Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Those so, so I think that they should, I mean, that's why when we did the show on Ted Bundy yeah. and I actually got a bunch of messages like afterward that said, thank you so much for mm. making him look like the monster that he was instead of, and he was a douche. He's, yeah. He's, he's a douche. And instead of like yeah. glamorizing him because you know, that, that, Nothing that, to that guy, that Netflix thing had come out and some people were saying, Oh, well it kind of gave short shrift to the victims. And, Sort of made Ted Bundy look like all slick and handsome. And that stuff. dude would have sex with decapitated heads. I know. How the hell are you going to, you know. That's why I wanted to say that on the show. Say that's I'm like, sexy. That's he sexy. had sex with severed heads. Yeah. It's like, please remember that fact. <laughs> See, they didn't even mention that in that documentary. I oh, know. Yeah. They didn't mention it. Yeah, that's he put lipstick on him, lipstick on him in any Nail way. Nail polish. Get mad at him and slap him. Just a head. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, and he also, what, um. Took some thirteen-year-old girl down to an old abandoned uh, pork like a slaughterhouse farm or something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, put her on her hands and knees and slit her throat. I mean, you know, this dude deserved no mercy. No. You know, I, and and they they would never those programs never brought up that kind of stuff because they couldn't prove that he killed those little girls. But he killed little girls too. Everybody's pretty, you know. Yeah. Law enforcement yeah. sure of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, yeah. What was his? What was the like? Because they think that he killed someone when he was like fourteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they could never pin that one on him either. The thing about it is that he seemed like pretty willing to confess to stuff like after they caught him, but he wouldn't confess to ones that were underage, even though they're pretty sure that he did them anyway. Yeah, they were they were in his habitat, and they were also physically his type, you know, with the long blonde hair. Or were long in, dark hair. Long, it was it was long straight. He's like a straight part yeah, in the middle, part pretty the much. Yeah, and they they yeah. fit that description, and they were in his. He was in that area at that time, and then everybody catch who did it. Yeah. And the way the bodies were found, that looked like a, a Bundy style murder. He just wouldn't admit to it. Yeah, he didn't want to look like a pedo. Yeah, it's okay to you know slap around a decapitated head, put lipstick on it, and have sex with that. But hell, you don't want to look like a pedo. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That yeah, just yeah. goes to show, like, how low down the rankings yeah. pedophiles are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't mind having sex with decapitated head, but, you know, killing a little kid, having sex with a little kid. if it kid, talks back, I slap it. That's slap just it around. Too, a step back. too far. Yeah. I hope the severed head isn't talking back. That would <laughs> well, yeah, be messed he, up. He was imagining it was talking back, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. He was so crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> what, what did you guys' opinion, like, what happens to these dudes? I mean, how, and I know we've talked about before that just, like, you're not seeing as much of it anymore. And, yeah. and Tom, you kind of have an interesting theory about this. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, I think it might have had something to do with unleaded gasoline. Yeah. Or, or leaded gasoline, excuse me. At least partly. Yeah. You know, lead, you know, it's known all the way back to the Roman times. The Romans did crazy stuff because they were eating off of lead plates and yeah, drinking water. They came out of lead pipes and they did weird shit, man. <laughs> and and it lowers inhibitions and kind of causes insanity. Those cars were burning that leaded fuel and it was blowing around and building up inside of urban and suburban areas. Sometimes for, you know, decades it had been built up in there. You know, chances are, you know, somebody's going to breathe it in, have a weird reaction to it. When I was a kid out in California, I couldn't remember just gagging on smog. I remember the smog yeah. being very, very bad. Yeah, it people today. I mean, not here, but you would hear about yeah, it Yeah, people today, you know, they're going on and on about the environment and all this air. Man, they don't know what a polluted environment was like. Well, it's much better than Back it was in the, in the 70s, 70s. Yeah, it was like something you'd see out of China. 
Yeah. You could barely breathe. The little kid could barely breathe. Yeah. The adults were kind of used to it. They all smoked anyway. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. Everybody's just walking around in a cloud Bo- of pollutants. Boomers didn't realize they'd live that long. You know, yeah. they didn't have that. They didn't have that attitude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they lived hard and died young. That's what they thought. Cause I think the generation before them didn't live very long. Yeah. A lot of those greatest generation guys were dead. In their forties drinking themselves to death. You know, they drank a lot. Well, right. yeah, it's like, it wasn't even a stigma. I don't think it's, mm. did they even have a concept of alcoholism back then? It was just like something you did. Everybody did it. Yeah. It, it, you it, just it, drank all the time. Executives had bars in their, in their offices. Yeah. Yeah, like bring some, a guy in. It's like Mad Men shit. You don't remember that? They're, <laughs> they're not old enough. They're not old to remember that. I can remember that. You know that there were executives that had bars in their offices. Not, they call a guy in. They start not drinking. That much younger than you guys. Honestly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, those dudes drank, man. That was like a that was like a sign of wealth and success. Yeah, yeah. You had made it. That's what I was saying. I'm saving up for that. Yeah. <laughs> get on the air. Get on. Get on first class and. Drink from first class and pinch waiters, pinch those stewardesses on the ass. You know, yeah. They did that. Well, and you, yeah, and you couldn't really do anything about it. Now you pat like, them oh. on the ass when they oh, walk well, by. Well, that's just how <laughs> yeah. that goes. No one cares if I like it or not. That women just giggled though. You know, those guys, well, those guys are rich. Yeah. But you know, though, the thing about <laughs> I think I think the thing about serial killers, though, I mean, obviously, there's still serial killers now, although. I, it, it seems like it's gone more in a mass shooter type direction. It seems like if somebody's going to do that, they usually yeah. will just do it in one big go and they'll either shoot themselves or have the cops. It's a different kind. It's a different kind of thing. I think that's a different, I mean, that's a completely different psychological program. Yeah. It's a different guy. You're not yeah. really seeing the same kind of serial killer stuff. Now. I think, like you said, I think there was the lead in the atmosphere. Um, there could be a lot of, there was just like a cultural Lack of abortion. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, and there was like a cultural difference. And I think I've mentioned this probably on the show, but I think for somebody to end up being a serial killer, they have to have, I think there has to be a genetic component. They have to have like a predisposition, a propensity for that type of thing. I think it was kind of cultural too, because and were- then either, and then something else happens, either they have like yeah. a messed up childhood or mm-hmm. like something really traumatic happens to them. And like, it's like a perfect storm of kind of nature yeah. and nurture coming together and making. I think it might've been cultural too, because they're coming out of a kind of a, uh, you know, an uptight culture. And then the sixties and the seventies were rolling yeah. around. And imagine if you took like Saudi Arabia, as uptight as that country is. And then all of a sudden put a sexual revolution in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then a bunch of scantily clad women. All right. You're going to have some of them old school guys who are incel types going to go, Oh, I'm going to have to kill these women to keep them in line. You yeah. Know, these people are bad. It's that kind of thing too. I think that's part of the. Yeah. Cause there was such a cultural upheaval. Yeah. And I think there was, that was might've been of, some of the rumblings. I think that's why a yeah. lot of this, you know, the famous serial killers and stuff would probably happen. Like, you know, by the 70s and 80s, that it kind of started to it thought, trickle off. I think 87 was the high. They thought sex was sinful and naughty. And then if they kind of had weird fetishes, they kind of felt guilty about that. Like BTK had fetishes. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to, uh, I got the sexual problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tie you up. Well, <laughs> you know, like BTK, I mean, okay, so Ted Bundy, I mean, you could say, okay, the guy lived a double life, but it was almost just like, what happened with him was he he was okay for a while. I mean, the guy was always a psychopath, sociopath, whatever. He was all right for a little while, and then something just set him off, 
And he just starts going on these benders of murder, basically. I mean, look what he did down there in Florida. I mean, I think you called it, Tom, when you said that just like he had nothing to lose. So he was just like, fuck it. I'm going for... I'm going for the gold on this one. Well, yeah. with most with most sociopaths and psychopaths, the only thing that keeps them aligned is self preservation. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's no sense of guilt or right or wrong or anything like that to to kind of hold them in place. So it's just what can I yeah. get away with? Once they get old enough, or they see, or they find a way to get around those, I think that's when they kind of explode. Yeah, um, you know, in their late twenties or early thirties or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, BTK he was kind of the opposite in some ways because he had this whole, he lived a, a literal double life. I mean, the guy had like a family. Yeah. He was involved in church. He was a boy scout leader. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, he had a job, he, he had like a normal job. Right. Yeah. Maintained a job. He kind of had this whole like rent a cop mentality. Yeah. Like being a dog catcher and harassing people about their dogs and about the how how long their grass was and this kind of shit like yeah, that. He, he was a stickler. He'd like to stickle you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, I think, yeah, it kind of like goes along uh, maybe with the whole fetish thing that he has. He just he liked having control over people. Yeah. And he was one of those people that if you gave him a little bit of control, you know, making him the dog catcher, making him, you know, the the enforcer of these like petty little laws like then he was obviously just going to completely run with that. I, I'm pretty sure he saw himself as a fine, upstanding citizen, a role model for the community, and that he was there to teach other people how to live properly. Okay, and then he was going to enforce the rules and how to be good people. But he had this weird sexual fetish. Yeah, that he kept in the closet, and the only way he could express it was to kill the people that he did it to to silence them. Yeah, you know. And it's because, but really, his double life, you know what I mean? Like the the evil raider, you know, the one that was going to kill the murders. That was the true him, actually. Well, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That didn't really line up with, this, with his image of himself that he was trying to show everyone else. Yeah. You know, it, so it, it kind of caused a big conflict. Had he not had a real high standards for himself, maybe he just would have gone to the fetish club and it would have resolved the conflict. Yeah. And he wouldn't have had to have such an upstanding self-image and like he doesn't have to like be an example for the community because it split him in two it looked like that and that's something that i kind of wonder too because like what you were saying about serial killers and kind of the whole cultural you know zeitgeist or whatever you want to call it but it's like i always wonder somebody like say jeffrey dahmer for example um had he been had he not been um castigated by his parents for being gay yeah. Or having to hide being gay, would he have turned out all right if that if that upbringing hadn't happened to him? If he had just There's been no allowed telling. to be a gay guy? They go on about how smart serial killers are, right? And really, I'm going to say that I'm going to call bullshit on that. What what makes them a serial killer is that they're smart enough to get away with it multiple times. Yeah, but they're not so smart that they can't resolve their own issues. Yeah, so they don't have the interest. They're not they don't have any introspection. Well, oh, I think you, yeah. I think you said this before too, Tom. Is that you don't yeah. hear about the dumb ones because they got caught after the first time? Exactly. Right. So it's like natural selection. Yeah. You know, uh, I, most of them are dumb, and they get caught on the first one. And I think even the ones that don't get caught, a lot of times it might just be luck. 
Um, and also it's harder to catch a killer that's just targeting people at random because yeah. there's no link between them right. and the victim. Right. So it's still, passion, it's still easy to screw that. Or, it know, is. Yeah. yeah. I it, mean, it's easy to screw up killing a, a random person. Yeah. Uh, they're smart enough to get away with it unless they don't. And therefore they don't become a serial killer. Yeah. Because they get caught. Because they the get person. caught. And I think that might, I don't know if that happens more now. Like people just get caught because of DNA and stuff like that. And they just never have a chance to become serial killers. Although I read that they were actually catching fewer murderers. Than I'm not sure think. the environment that you need to create large numbers of serial killers exists anymore. It doesn't seem to. I, I think it would, they were only made in a pre-internet society. I think internet has prevented a lot of them. Yeah. And easy access to abortion. Yeah. And maybe the advent of unleaded gasoline. Explain that, though, the easy access to abortion, what you're getting out there. Because what, what it is is you don't have a bunch of unwanted children. And so if you look at guys like Bundy, you know, there was these weird, yeah. you know what I mean? In a normal situation nowadays, Bundy would have never been born. You know yeah. I mean? Well, because yeah. his mother would have aborted him. If you think of it, because I, people started pointing this out because they said, you know, like, right about 18, 20 years after Roe versus Wade, yeah, um, the crime rate went precipitously down. Right. And so they don't think that's the entire reason, but they said that might be the reason because, you know, now you have people who can't afford children or don't want children or they don't want to bring them to a bad situation yeah. or, you know, they have various, you know, right. uh, you know, problems, then you can abort them. They never get born. Right. And they're the crisis is averted. I guess you could say, people because like, you're not having these people being brought up in these horrible situations. Yeah, you have a lot of people today who want to make abortion a moral issue i don't really look at it as a moral issue i look at it more as a as an issue of practicality you know there's a lot of people that shouldn't be born you know well and there, like i said it and causes there's, lots of problems when there's they are. no reason to bring a child into the world if you know that you can't take care of it or if you, you already know, have four or five of them yeah or you already, you already have, have a lot or is right. there, if there's another reason and it's there's like, a lot of poverty or bad yeah. genes you know the, another thing is they don't talk about a lot a lot of times you know um, birth control ended a lot of bad gene pools throughout the uh, 1900s. I mean, you know, there was a lot of people. Sounded you know, like a eugenicist there, Tom. <laughs> well, it was eugenics. The United yeah. States was, had a eugenics program in the early 1900s all the way up to the present day. And it was mostly getting rid of what they called poor white trash. Yeah. You know, a lot of them were inbred. You can go back and look at photos of them. You know, just lot that's of, the reality of it. A lot of serial yeah. killers back then. Too. You know, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of those a lot of crime was coming from those areas. Uh, you know, you can you can Google uh, photos for some of the weird inbred people that were around. Uh, you know, in the Ozarks and in weird places of the United States in the early 1900s, you see them and it just. Well, Man, was, they, they're like, definitely ill. Let's put it well, that way. There was way. like no one else around, was there? No one else it around. Like, it was like they lived out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, the, the, fam like, well, the family tree didn't fork. Didn't yeah, fork. Right. either either marry my sister or the You're sheep. Right. <laughs> it was, you know, before before the highway system was formed. You know, it was dirt roads everywhere. I'm gonna have them send all the emails to you guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back when the United States was mostly dirt roads, you know, it was hard to get around, and you had little pockets of humanity that only bred with each other, and within you know a few generations, they were all related. Yeah. yeah. And well, she would go like downhill fast, man. It's like the royal families of Europe. That's yeah. why a lot of them were crazy. Yeah. And yeah. you had you had you had uh, 
what do you call them? Social ser- what do they call them? Social uh, social servants that would come in and from the state, yeah, and uh, talk them into uh, going through self sterilization. Oh, yeah, of, I remember when they were doing. Some that. of them were actually institutionalized, never to be seen again. You know, there was a lot. You know, they broke those that stuff up. I think it was mostly the twenties, wasn't it? If yeah. I remember, the twenties was yeah. kind of the highlight of it. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. point of it. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> if you and if you read the doctrine way. of the time, you know, and a lot of it was from, you know, eugenics stuff. It had to do with, you know, that these were farm people and they knew about how to breed cattle. And they knew how to breed healthy stock. And from that tradition came things like beauty pageants and, and, and shit like that, who had the best looking girls, you know, and they were that's what they were doing. They were breeding their families the same way they bred their cows. Yeah. And um you know, and they were, were trying to get rid of the bad seeds and trying to create, you know, they thought it was their responsibility to create, you know, healthy humans. So, and So that you don't hear too many banjos in the distance, right? Yeah. Too right? Many, yeah. And just, so all your people have teeth. <laughs> it is very funny to think about think about the beauty contest and how it kind of came out of the of the <laughs> here's your prize heifer. Yeah, prize heifer. <laughs> well, you want a good looking girl. Prize so, heifer, here's your prize daughter. <laughs> if you were a farming if you were a farmer from that era, you wanted a bunch of good looking daughters because you could marry, marry into wealthy off, yeah. into wealthy families and they would all have healthy, good looking children and you know, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, and it started here. You know, people say, well, eugenics, they want to talk about Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany was copying us. They were, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people don't know. They were trying to they were trying to artificially do what we had done, you know, in a short period of time. The Germans said, but boy, they sure did clear out their white trash. Their smart people are having more children than their dumb people now. So that's good. You know, that's just how they looked at it. And then Hitler went ding. Yeah, he says, yeah, that's right. Well, the weird <laughs> thing about the weird thing about the German National Socialists is they tried to artificially induce multiple births, which you yeah. have that now. They were fertility drugs. Yeah, but they wanted that bad. There weren't enough Germans. Well, yeah, so for their we need ideas. the ladies to have litters. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that and the mass murder. That also was another. Yeah, that too. Well, uh, <laughs> look at it from their point of view. They didn't look at things in terms of uh, 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 morality. They read they read a lot of books that talk, said that in order to win, you had to be above morality. Uh, you had to be beyond good and evil. Is, is, well, that's it's coming from Nietzsche, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, wasn't that kind of a um, what is it? A corruption of Nietzsche? Wasn't that kind of a well, misreading of Nietzsche? Kinda. It was, I guess you could say, it was, it was, it was a very exaggerated, extreme interpretation of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nietzsche didn't believe in in top down centralized governments. You know, he didn't. He wouldn't have liked the idea of a of a dictatorship. The beyond he, good and evil thing is more about doing what's right for the future of humanity. Right. Yeah. Which so that's they the way thought they, they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the, not touching the, the that. Third right. Than the, that. <laughs> But, you know, villains never think they're villains. They always think they have. Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. They yeah, always yeah. have good intentions. You're looking at this from modern eyes. I mean, uh, really, if you strip away, you know, what the Nazis thought they were doing, they they thought they thought of themselves as do-gooders, you know. Yeah. And they, they were. true. They did. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like they weren't ashamed of it. No, they, they, were, they, they thought they were doing the right thing. They got to get yeah. rid of all these bad capitalists. And they were talking about the Jews, you know. Parasitical capitalists, capitalists at the top and at the bottom. 
you know, they saw themselves at war with communism and capitalism. And they both saw that as Jewish creations, you know, from Marx and other stuff. So that's why they're they always talk, talking about at war with what they called global Judaism, you know, and capitalism and communism, the extremes that, you know, they, they thought German socialism was the answer to that. So, you know, it, it's everything in it's all, everything's in the interpretation, you know, and that's when you're talking about political ideology, it's a lot like religion. Uh, you oh, can interpret yeah. it any way you want to interpret it. It's just, it, you know, they're kind of like, they're almost kind of steampunk in a way. You you can take any word salad and interpret it any way you want to if you're nifty enough. Nifty. Yeah. <laughs> and really, there's no difference between, there's no difference between <laughs> German National Socialism and Russian International Socialism. The, Nazism was just a German interpretation of Marx. It was just their version of communism. It was pretty much the same thing. They thought they, they saw it as a slightly improved version. And Marx yeah. had all kinds of Marx had all kinds of stuff about genocides and getting rid of what they called racial trash. And, and so did Lenin so, and Stalin yeah. borrowed that from them. And you know, Stalin yeah. did did his fair share of moving around populations, killing and, people, and, and, you know. And, and, American American history. You know, I'm, I'm, for, for people who don't know, you know, your listeners don't know. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a veteran of the 101st Airborne Division. I'm ex infantry. You know, I, I like being an American, but we do have a lot of mythology in our history. We're taught that World War II was a fight of good versus evil, where the United States defeated the damn Nazis and dinosaurs. <laughs> and zombies okay? and aliens don't forget yeah that. <laughs> but that's not really what happened uh world war ii was a, a slugfest between two different types of commies german commies and russian commies <laughs> all right and it really wasn't a fight of good versus evil it was a fight of it was a fight between evil versus evil all right to reduce the sum total of evil yeah and I mean, and definitely, really, you can see that when you look at the history of, especially, yeah. the, especially the Eastern Front. I mean, yeah, exactly. G Germany yeah. was not defeated by good. Okay, Jesus didn't come down, and Gandhi didn't come down and hand out flowers. <laughs> that didn't destroy Nazis. Okay, what? <laughs> with nothing All hilarious. Right? <laughs> you could only destroy Nazis with a greater evil and more force, and that was the commies, the communists, the Russians tore them up, man. Well, yeah. the Germans tore the Russians up too. Tom, do you know how many um, people the Soviets lost in just taking Berlin? They won't even tell you. Well, Actually, I've, I've heard a hundred thousand. A hundred probably more. Yeah, I think that's probably that might be a lowball estimate. Um, records on uh, of things that happened on the Eastern Front were hidden on purpose by the by the Russians. They didn't want you to know how many guys they actually lost. A lot of it through bad generalship and being uh, not being equipped. And then they sacrificed a lot of their own civilians, sometimes on purpose, to, because one of Russia's main problems was is that it was it had too much manpower. It had too many mouths to feed. And communism can't feed a lot of people. It, it, it's a poor man's solution to poverty where they're trying to get the supply to meet the demand. But they can't get the supply to meet the demand. So what they do is, is they crunch the demand down to meet the supply. So in other words, 
You got 10,000 people, but you only have enough food to feed 1,000 people. Instead of making enough food for 10,000 people, you just kill 9,000 people and feed them with the 1,000 that you have. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Reduce the demand. It is a supply and demand. That's what happened in uh, the Ukraine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Stalin didn't care. Stalin didn't like Russians. He didn't like Soviet citizens either. You know, he just, he was a psycho. Yeah, he wasn't even Russian. No, he was Georgian. Yep. We just did that show right. on uh, Rasputin and the. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I haven't listened to that one yet. Yeah, we just put that one up. Uh, and the Russians, the Russians were not the good guys. You know, they were the bad guys. They were worse than the Nazis, in a lot of ways. Um, and I'll tell you what, why they were worse. If you were a German, if you did your job. The Nazi Party would do right by you. They would even try to help it at the end of the war to evacuate you to safety. So as long as you did your part, they would stand up for you. That's not the way it was for the Russians. All right, a Soviet citizen, if you did a really good job, they killed you because you'd become a threat. They, you, they, what, what the Soviet Union wanted was auto- automatons, people that didn't come up with ideas and kept their mouths shut. So they want they wanted robots. Yeah. If you did a good job, then you threatened somebody in the party above you. They're afraid that you'd get you'd be a replacement for them. So they killed anyone who performed well. If you had somebody underneath you that was doing too well, you threat, you got rid of him. Send him to a gulag or something. Send him off to go build a uh, bridges out in Siberia or something. So all their best they killed all their best people. You just couldn't trust Soviets, and you definitely couldn't trust Stalin. Uh, I think Stalin killed every every good Soviet he had if you give him if you gave him enough time. Have you ever seen the pictures that uh, were edited? And people were as they were purged out of the party. Yeah, he would take them out. They would be yeah. taken out of existence. Yeah, they and, doctor the photos yeah. like you never were there. So there's one of Stalin. Yeah, now, there's one of Stalin with like three other guys, party officials, taking some time in the twenties. Right. And then as time yeah. goes on, it's the, the, each person gets taken out until the picture just becomes just Stalin in the picture. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, with, at least at least with the Germans, they were honest about who they were, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. Not the communists. The Soviets were duplicitous. They they just they just couldn't tell the truth. Everything was some kind of a propaganda. Everything was some kind of a mind trick. You know. Well, let me like North Korea. You know. Let's switch gears here. Yeah. Um, let me turn. To, I'm going to turn this over a little bit to Rob because he's more the expert on this than I am. Oh, you guys right. recently talked about Lovecraft. Ah. Yeah, yeah, and the Cthulhu mythos. Rob, Rob gets worried if I say that. But. <laughs> like you're turning it over to me. Are we talking about? Music or <laughs> that's all I know. That's it. So what you guys thoughts on Lovecraft and his work? Cause I will admit I've never read any Lovecraft stuff. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Um, well, I here's the that. thing. Like I probably, I, I mean, you, you had read a bunch of it, right? Tom. I yeah, mean, I read before. it. I've read most of it when I was in high school. I did it's too. Long like time. I started reading it when I was a teenager. Yeah, a lot. Most of it's short stories. Yeah, yeah. he really uh, only wrote one novel. Yeah, the the novel that I read, 
if you want to call it a novel, it's a small novel that was, uh, you know, in the Mountains of Madness. At the Mountains of Madness. At the, at at the, the Mountains, Mountains of Madness. Yeah. Yeah. She's that's a real stickler that's a, about that's what That's a novella, I guess. Yeah, I mean, novella. the novel was The Case of Charles Dexter Ward. I didn't read that one. Yeah. I read it, but a long time ago. I have. A, I just bought a book that has, like, um all of his fiction in it. Mountains yeah. of Madness. I, I thought it was a good one. Yeah, I downloaded. I'm still, like, I'm still waiting for them to make a movie out of that. Yeah. Two winters ago, I downloaded his complete works. It had all of his letters, his all of that stuff at the end, and it was all of his, um, all of his fictional work up until it. And I, uh, that whole winter, I just that's all I did. It was H.P. Lovecraft. Wow, yeah. he wrote a lot of letters. Yeah. I think they don't they don't even um, have like half of them, but I think they thought that he'd written like a hundred thousand letters like during his lifetime. Damn. Yeah, he wrote a lot. Well, you know, he didn't go anywhere. He was yeah, kind he was of like... Yeah, a bizarre recluse. Like. Yeah, he just kind of like sat up in his house and... Judged and did, people and he, he was just... He was such a weird dude, but I, I think I said this on the show. It's like, it was kind of unfortunate for him that he was the way he was. He seemed like a really unhappy person, and he was kind of a messed up person. But... In a way that informed his writing, I don't think he would have come up with what he came up with had he not been the way he was. Oh no, he's definitely one of those tortured soul artists. Yeah, because I mean, his personality is so ingrained. I think that's why he was so into Poe, because Poe is the same way. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's even though I guess Poe, you know, Poe came up with he kind of invented the detective story and. But he was kind of continuing the gothic tradition. In some ways, Lovecraft, I guess Lovecraft is a lot more influential in nowadays than Poe, probably. Because, I mean, the whole whole concept of cosmic horror, that had never really been touched upon before. Of, like, this whole universe that's indifferent to human beings. Yeah, that was what set him apart. Everything prior to that that was horror that was, you know, like, um, Bram Stoker or... Yeah. Shelley or or anything leading up to it it was it was something the universe made sense and there was this thing that was out of place that humans had to figure out how to deal with it wasn't all of a sudden humanity realized that the universe doesn't make sense and good luck dealing with that and that was HP Lovecraft yeah, yeah. and, and that's he was so much really more horrifying yeah, and it seemed like he was really kind of the first one to codify almost out of, I mean, yeah, he had other influences like Poe and Lord Dunsany and stuff like that, but he was kind of the first one to just bring all that together in that particular way. I don't think that had really been done remotely uh, before. I mean, had it? Not that I can think no. of. I, I saw it more like uh, what made what made the difference was is that normally in like Shelley or in Poe, the Christian God is in charge. Your yeah. God is the right God. Well, That's what yeah, I was going to say. Was that this, yeah. It was yeah. definitely an atheistic kind of an approach to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, Lovecraft is like, no, guess what? Your God's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, just all these the tentacled alien, monsters. Yeah, these tentacled monsters, these, <laughs> these aliens from another planet. Their God is the real God. And yeah. that God hates you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or so at least doesn't like, give wow. a shit about you and yeah. will just step on you like you're a bug. Right. <laughs> Which. That must have like freaked people out. Something fierce because, oh, yeah. the, and I think I said this on the show too. This is one thing that always bummed me out. As much as I'm sure he was not like fun at parties, and you probably wouldn't want to hang out with the dude and stuff. But I, I still wish that he had at least lived long enough to see how influential his work became. Had lived long enough to hang out in Hollywood with Ed Wood and make. Uh, see, that was our dream. We yeah. talked about that on the show. <laughs> 
Because when you brought that yeah. up, I was like, oh, my God, I would pay money. Somebody imagine, build a time machine. Let's work this out. Imagine you got. We might cause, like, the universe got, to fold got, in on itself if you we do that. You got Bela Lugosi. Yeah. Bunny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Bunny Bracket Ranch. Vampira. Vampira. <laughs> Lovecraft. And then you got. And Tor Johnson. Tor Johnson. <laughs> and then you got Ed Wood sitting up there in an Angora sweater. <laughs> <laughs> With the high heels on and pops and looking and shit like they're talking about carrying Japanese decapitated heads on the island of Peleliu. <laughs> back in world, yeah, back in WW two, I killed a whole bunch of Japs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is man, that's some fat. He said he would never got worried about being killed on any of the island fighting. He only got worried about being war- being wounded. Because then they'd find out that he'd had panties on. He had panties on and a bra uh-huh. on. A, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a whole scene of weirdos. Yeah, yeah it that, really was. <laughs> that's what like, intrigued me about it because I was like, I wonder what Lovecraft would have made of that. Because he seemed very, if you are not from New England and yeah. British stock, then you are wrong. Well, so, he would have progressed along with everybody else up into the 50s. So he probably would. How old would he have been? Uh, gosh. Well, he, he was. Died he, in, sorry. Oh, well, wasn't he, he died, like 46 when he, yeah, died, he died in the 46. late 30s? Yeah. 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 So, so he, he would have been, been in his sixties. Sixties. He'd been the same age as Bella, basically. Yeah. At uh, time, I so, think Bella was a little bit older, but Bella it, might have been a little bit older. So he wouldn't have been out of place. He probably just would have. Well, he'd have been hanging out in Hollywood for a while too, and seen all kinds of crazy stuff, and probably worried about more worried about making money and making his bills. Because he did kind of. I mean, he did seem like he was getting better, like yeah. in his old. Yeah, day. I think he would have changed. Hey, get out of there. What's funny is that, uh, you know, Ed probably would have really screwed up his stories. Well, because he wouldn't have been able to to do half of what he's like. How can we build a Cthulhu out of paper plates and spray paint? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He had pipe cleaners. Remember in the movie where he had he had Bella down in that wa- in, in all that water with yeah. that rubber <laughs> the rubber octopus. the rubber yeah. that they stole that he stole he would use that again and that would be <laughs> that be they just take that octopus and sit it up on top of a damn bear a bear or like a, you know, like a stuffed animal yeah. bear you know got a travel lodge or something you know these other grizzly bears on they just put that out and they'd, they'd have Bella out there fighting that thing. Talking about, I got a show suggestion for you guys. Talking about oh, yeah. weird Hollywood scenes. Yeah. Weird Hollywood people. You guys should do a show on Jack Parsons. That Sounds would familiar. be interesting. Oh, yeah. Who, that who was. was that guy again? It sounds familiar. I know the name. Zach Parsons was the one of the founders of Jet Propulsion Laboratories. And he oh, was, the guy, right, the guy right. hung out with yeah yeah he had correspondence with L. Ron Hubbard he L. had Ron correspondence Hubbard. with Aleister Crowley, Crowley he yeah. had this uh, he, he had this this woman that he hung out with uh, I think he it married her Marjorie Cameron yeah that, uh, you know and they did this whole like Babylon working thing like they were trying to bring a baby into existence and then they had wasn't Anton Lavey there no I don't think Anton Lavey was involved with okay. that. It but might have been before his time. Yeah, it, it was. Though. Yeah. And then he blew, they blew themselves up with rocket fuel. Didn't yeah, it? he blew himself up. Yeah. 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 Oops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was actually working for the Israelis doing something. 
and yeah. he uh, blew himself up with rocket fuel. Yeah. Good job. Uh, probably, uh, <laughs> probably something called hypergolic rot fuel, which is you mix two fuels together and it blows up. It's real powerful. It's good shit. But, <laughs> but he, was, he was pretty interesting. <laughs> it's it's like pure hydrogen peroxide is one of them, and then the other one is like pure <laughs> something or other. It, it's real corrosive. Let's, the Germans used to use it in rocket planes. Let's talk and, a little uh, briefly about... Uh, Mackinac Island, because that's another thing that Rob actually knows. Oh, oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. yeah, I said that right, right? Mackinac, Mackinac, yeah, yeah. Mackinac. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that either because I kept looking at it and it looks like it should be pronounced Mackinac because it has a C at the yeah, end. But that's, that's an Indian word. Yeah, it, it is. By the way, that was one of the most ADD shows you guys have ever done. I don't remember that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was funny because after we finished recording it, because I don't, I don't know if you like just drank more than normal or if it was just like affecting you more than normal or whatever. But it just seemed like after we recorded it, I was sitting there going, "We should do that over." Because did we even talk about Mackinac Island on that show? It's like it seemed like we talked about that for like ten minutes and then we just like digressed about a bunch of. Well, to tell you the truth, though, from what I remember, the source material of Mackinac Island, there wasn't a lot to it. Yeah, that's true. There wasn't a lot to it. I think so. it ended up being like a two-hour show, but we ended up like talking about. It. I don't even remember what else. Yeah, we, well, what was we the always premise? kind of do that. Why, but. why did I you think, guys decide to do a show on Mackinac Island? Somebody, somebody asked, asked us. It. Yeah. Um, we usually try to do, and sometimes it takes a really long time, but we usually try to do, um, you know, all the suggestions that we get. Cause pretty much every day, like somebody has got a suggestion for either a movie or for a topic. And I have a huge list. I think I have at least two years worth of show, yeah. uh, topics. Yeah. So we're trying to get around. It's, it's interesting because Mackinac Island, I think that was one of the last, um, paranormal type topics I got most yeah. like 95% of the suggestions I get are for like true crime stuff. Right. You have to understand that we kind of get in the same jam that old Art Bell used to get in. All right. A lot of these topics, if you just gave it to me, all right, I could probably tell you to give you that whole topic within 15 minutes, <laughs> but I got to make a two hour show <laughs> or at least an hour or at least an hour. Now, we have to have it entertaining, okay? It can't suck. But go back, <laughs> go back, and go back and listen to an Art Bell show. All right, you could probably condense everything Art Bell would say over that three hours into he, about minutes, yeah. twenty-five minutes. He was yeah. also a master of long pauses. So, exactly, yeah, exactly. Well, I liked his shows because they he did kind of know how to creep you out or to get you to at least consider this. Bullshit he's telling you <laughs> as maybe that there might have been something to it. And some of it, I think there was something to it. But some of them shows, I don't think there's anything to it. Yeah. But he'd get in there and he'd have Muller, what's his name? The guy from the Muller Sky Car. Yeah. And we'd talk, he'd talk to that dude for three hours about we're going to have cars that fly. You know what <laughs> I mean? And that went on for decades. That car never flew. He stole all that money. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I feel like a lot of shows because I was watching something earlier today because uh, we're going to do a show about um, the Highway of Tears and the Colonial Parkway serial killer. Yeah. So I've been watching documentaries about that. And one thing I noticed is that a lot of documentaries about even about true crimes and stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty much like you said, they could 
they could say all the stuff in like 15 minutes, but yeah. then like the rest of it is just yeah waffling and bullshit yeah. and stuff that doesn't really matter. <laughs> and or, true crime actually is more showable. You can make a show out of that. Yeah. There's more there than the paranormal. Yeah. A lot of the paranormal cases really, there's maybe about five sentences worth of testimony and or um, evidence. Yeah. A couple paragraphs maybe. The thing is, I mean, the thing that interests me, like I said, I hadn't heard about the hauntings on Mexican <laughs> Island before somebody recommended it. And then when I looked into it, I said, oh, well, it'd probably be pretty interesting to do because it's a whole island, you know, that not only has like all these little quirks about it, like, you know, it only has Victorian architecture. They're not allowed to have cars and all this other kind of stuff. But just because pretty much every damn building on that whole damn island is supposedly has some kind of ghost attached to it so i i felt like that that was like original enough to make into a show but then when we started doing the show and i had like all the notes written down and stuff like that going yeah we're going to talk about the drowning pool you know with the witches and stuff and we're going to talk about this and that and then we just like started going off on all these tangents and i don't remember it was like two hours long and it's like i don't even remember what i don't remember i I don't remember what all because i haven't listened to it since i edited it but i don't remember what all digressions we went off of but i do remember that it was enough digressions that I considered redoing the show yeah. and like refocusing it or at least cutting a bunch of stuff out. But then I was like, eh, you know what? Because Well, I think that's, it's interesting because even though our show, like at, about once a week, I'll get like a comment on YouTube. It's like, these people are babbling. Why won't they get to the topic? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I usually just delete. Cause I'm like, yeah. shut up. But, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Get to the topic. We can get the show done in about five minutes. Yeah, well, and, well, the thing is, I feel like, you know, if you just want to watch a show about, you know, for example, the BTK killer, that's just like facts or somebody right. just reading like off the Wikipedia page yeah, or whatever, then then you can have that because right. they have those. That's not what our show is for, though. We, we got I mean, people commuting. We got people that are yeah. working, you know, and, they, and, and we've noticed that people yeah. tend to like when they comment about it, they'll usually comment about like our funny comments yeah. or our digressions. Yeah. Sometimes more than the actual topic. That's that's podcasting. That's how pod yeah. that's that's what podcasting is. I mean this is not it's not a formal radio no. show. The reason why I started out kind of like with not really much of an introduction is I really don't do that anymore. Because yeah. it what what I found out was I started getting more downloads, more people listening when I just kind of started the show organically and kind of just yeah. slowly went into the interview and, and melded it together. And it seems like it just, it, it, it works a lot better when you could kind of, and I try to kind of stay on topic, you know, and this kind of stuff and, it, it, you know, try to kind of be a referee or whatever. But it's like, you know, when you get to, when you start talking about, certain things people will find that more interesting because you're listening to what you're you're listening to someone speak i mean that's a genuine conversation yeah yeah it's conversational style just like we're having now yeah yeah i think people do tend to relate to that a lot better because we people like uh they're like well i feel like you guys are like my friends you know i'm hanging out in my house you know by myself and i can listen to you guys and it's like you're talking to me and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and that's what we we didn't even really set out to do that. I knew it would, knew it would go to that. But anyway. we just wanted to yeah. do a show that did, wasn't scripted. It wasn't yeah. It's like, yeah, we want to have these topics to talk about, like as kind of a jumping off point. 
But if we kind of go off on digressions, yeah. then that's fine too. So, you know, other than the few people that complain about it that I just delete. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite digressions <laughs> that you did, Tom, was you were talking about people that like you knew in Mississippi or something, somebody that drank hydrogen peroxide or some. Yeah. Some <laughs> like, yeah. That was Big Jim. <laughs> of course it Big was. Jim. Big Jim was a machinist. He had his own machine shop. <laughs> but he did a lot of gunsmithing work. He loved guns. And he did gunsmithing for local competition shooters and the police forces and stuff like that. And and he drank hydrogen peroxide. He to drop a couple of he also drank pure iodine like oh, good Jesus iodine. <laughs> he, he dropped some of the iodine into water and drink it and, uh, he took he took some kind of an acid I think it was some kind of weird sulfuric acid and and he uh, dropped put some of it in an eyedropper and he dropped it on another dude's wart once he had a wart on his thumb <laughs> And, and that shit crackled and popped and smoked and it ate down through that wart. And he goes, oh, it's burning, it's burning. He goes, yeah, it's doing good, it's doing good. <laughs> I had to just, just wipe it off yeah, before, it, just let it, just before let it, go. it eats your finger yeah, away. Just let it go, let it go, let it go. <laughs> just ate a damn hole in the side of his, his thumb. But hey, his wart's gone, so yeah. win-win. Yeah, he, he thanked him. He said, thanks, man. <laughs> I wonder if that's what's in Compound W. I don't know. It only took a few seconds. He knew exactly how much to drop on there, too. What was he, uh, what was the what was the purpose of drinking hydrogen peroxide? What was the He said that he said that it would go into your bloodstream, all right? And then it would it would help you absorb oxygen into your red blood cells. Uh yeah, that sounds legit. So you oxygen go into your red blood cells so you, you can get more oxygenated. Oxygen. 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 Guys, to the audience out there, if you listen to 13 o'clock podcast, this is what you're going to get. Okay. This is, this is, when you hear that, that ice, like, like the, the third character in your show is the ice in the, in the mason jar. That's- <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I don't know why he drank uh, iodine. There's something to it. He says your body needed it for something. It may, oh, he said it raised your IQ. Oh, okay. Should it raise your IQ? That makes total sense in, in a way that doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it had something to do with it. You had a you have a gland in your body that makes iodine. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had a smart gland. I don't know. You have some kind of, and, and evidently there, you have a gland. He said you had a gland in your body that naturally produces iodine, but you have to have some, you have to eat certain things in order to make enough of it. He had an, he had an explanation for everything, man. He had. A, he sounds like Galen. Yeah, basically. So with all that medical bullshit. Could, that that dude could me. shoot, though, man. Damn, he could shoot. What part of Mississippi was this? That one was in Laurel. That that was Laurel. that was in Laurel, Mississippi. Yeah, near outside of Hattiesburg, probably about thirty miles. Now was was it also somebody in Mississippi that you said like didn't they used to fry chicken in gasoline or something? <laughs> God, no, <laughs> no, no. You're talking about. Uh, this was a guy I worked with in Boston, and he okay, was just so old, was he's an old salesman named Jimmy. And this Jimmy still thought it was 1930s. He was about 90 then. This is back in the... He was yeah. when it was. This is back in, like, 96. Okay? <laughs> he's, he's at least 115 oh, he's like, <laughs> Still frying and, that and, chicken, and, though. Um, <laughs> and he would come in and tell all these stories, you know. He liked to work on his car still. And he goes, you know, I, I tell you what, until they went over this new motor oil, 
you just can't use it for other things. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what other things do you want to use it for? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we used to put motor oil in our hair like pomade and used to cook with it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. You used to deep fry a whole chicken in motor oil. Yeah. It was delicious. Can't do that now. Got all them detergents in it. <laughs> well, you can do it. It's just Wouldn't your chicken it. will taste like so. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't know whether to believe him, but I. I it turns out later I did some research. Turns out people did um, deep fry. I believe it in old fashioned motor oil, and evidently it did taste good. And it was because it was a very thick viscosity. Yeah. yeah, and if yeah. you drop something in it, the 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 oil wouldn't really penetrate it. So it didn't it too, taste like didn't that. taste like oil. Well, and, it they, and it wasn't normal. It wasn't modern motor oil. It didn't have any additives in it. I right? mean, you can use like normal cooking oil if it's old, and mm-hmm. they can usually recycle that and turn it into like ethanol. Now, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But he cook in motor oil. Put motor oil in it. He put gasoline in it. He, Washes clothes in gasoline. Yeah, they used to do that. Like it, it was yeah. like a dry cleaning yeah. type of uh, process. He was telling me stories about all. That. I didn't know that until I saw on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, they did a short, and it yeah. was from the 1930s or the 1940s, and it was telling you to be super careful when you were washing your clothes in gasoline, like not to blow your face off. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, yeah. and I was like. Wait, did people really, one, did they really wash their clothes in gasoline? Two, did they really have to be told, hey, don't blow yourself up? Yeah. What was funny is <laughs> that's some old time shit right there. Well, yeah. You don't think it's smoking while they're doing it. I was like, don't you get dizzy around all that fumes? And he's like, oh, no, that old gasoline smelled good. <laughs> like this. Maybe that was a reason for serial killers. Yeah. That, was... See, that old gasoline smelled good. You'd hang it, it up was... and it would dry, and your clothes would dry, and it'd be all stiff, and then you'd get inside the clothes and it'd feel good and it smell good. Like, yeah, because you're high from huffing gas. I, but yeah. that's... I don't think it was the same gas. Didn't have all those same chemicals in it. He said it didn't smell the same. He said it had a different smell. Weird. That is weird. That it had a different smell. That it wasn't the same. That it wouldn't. It wouldn't burn you. Remind me, I'll check. Because you put gas in on your body now, it'd burn you. Yeah. I want to get you guys' thoughts on a couple of things um, uh, that you've talked about, and this is some, I guess, UFO related. Okay. Uh, okay. Which we talk about a lot on here. All right, Skinwalker yeah. Ranch in yeah. Rendlesham, yeah. Rendlesham Forest, which you guys okay. did right. two really good shows about the about these topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I do actually have some insight on the on the Rendlesham Forest stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, what do you what, what do you got? Uh, well, okay. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't think you guys covered this, but one of the guys did you? I don't think you talked about Larry Warren at all, did you? Somebody with the code? No, that's not him. Okay. The, not well, the Larry, one that has the code that that is the map to the mythical land of High Brazil. Not that guy. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is. This <laughs> is <laughs> Larry Warren was the guy that claimed that he was there on a certain night. Um, he later claimed that he was actually brainwashed by the Air Force. Yeah, and, this is the guy uh, who saw the alien ghosts, right? I think so. Yeah, and he, alien souls. Yeah, yeah. and he uh, he and another guy named Peter Robbins wrote a book called Left at East Gate. And Peter is a good friend of the show. I've actually hung out with Peter several times. Um he actually had to pull that book because he caught Larry in a lie. 
Oh, uh, several lies because he he started putting out these bizarre pictures of himself that he had like like it looked like really bad Photoshop or even like Xerox copies of uh, him with John Lennon. And, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and like at the time when Lennon died, he would have been 19. He looks like he's 40 in the pictures, uh, like, like all this kind of stuff. So Peter was basically like, I don't know what's truth anymore. So he had his publisher pull the book. Right. Wow. Cool. After th- 25 years of the book being wow. out. The, only, the, the main guy, I think, that told the truth during that was the commander. What was his name? Commander Holt? Holt. Holt. Holt, uh, Holt yeah. yeah. And Holt's story isn't really over-embellished, really. He, yeah. he saw moving lights in the sky. His men were running around everywhere, and he saw what looked like an eye drip and a bunch of stuff. I think that might have been the lighthouse that he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, I got, I got to disagree with you guys on that. I, I don't sure. – the lighthouse, I just – I don't think so. I I think there was actually something anomalous going on there because Rendlesham is a really weird place. A lot of weird shit happens there. People talk about seeing all kinds of phenomenon. Lights. Hmm. People have seen lights there for centuries. Hmm. Uh, There's been like weird cryptid creature sightings. There's been all this kind of weird stuff that has happened in that area. So I think they saw something genuinely anomalous. But Rendlesham over the years has become such a cluster. F- it's not yeah. even funny because you've got yeah. all these different people saying the all these different things about it. Like, uh, yeah. you got, I think that's is that might be Burroughs. I'm not sure. Burroughs, Burroughs is the one that got the, 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 the binary code to the map yeah. of high Brazil. <laughs> like how yeah, that even, I just, I just remembered. I, I got this paper, I got this paper, pen yeah. and paper from back in the day. I still got it. Bunch of zeros and ones. <laughs> Here, you decode it. <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. I think they saw something because, but you know what? There were some problems with it. The main sighting, you know, they're talking about the little triangle craft. They didn't report that at the time. And you can't right. not report right. a craft. And that, I mean, part, of that, part of that came from Larry Warren, and now yeah. his testimony is kind of being thrown out the door. Yeah. So, and the colonel actually was always against Larry Warren and always said he wasn't there. I don't know who that guy is, and that was a that was a huge debate. Okay. And uh, you know, Peter he defended Larry for a long time until Larry started showing that he was pretty much uh, pretty much crazy. You're right. You know, I'd like to see those Lennon photos. That's awesome. Oh, I'll, I'll find them. I'll send them to you. Yeah. I'll send them okay. to you guys. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I want. I want to make some of myself like that. I got. I got photos of me and Evil Knievel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I. I helped him do that Snake Canyon jump. And you, know, you were you were only eight years old. I was only eight. Jenny's got the foot. Foot. <laughs> <laughs> got your got your little jumpsuit on. Got my STP jumpsuit. <laughs> I'm fucking you know telling telling the Knievel you know hey man balls to the walls come off that raft <laughs> get your hand off that parachute <laughs> switch okay he wouldn't listen to me no drop the parachute no snake canyon snake canyon jump. <laughs> Yeah, you but uh, I don't know, man. I, the Reynolds Forest thing, I, maybe they saw some lights in the sky. 
But you know, I wasn't there. A lot, a lot like, of what's being said, I don't, I don't think it's going to pan out. Did I feel out? like a lot of stuff got added on to that Later, as the right. story got repeated. Maybe they just saw lights in the sky. Which I think that happens a lot in a lot of these And uh, the colonel saw something out in the woods. And didn't he say that it beamed a laser down at him? Or something like that. Something it's like, like that. It's like something was coming down. Yeah. From, I sent that picture to your Facebook messenger, Tom. Okay. okay. <laughs> like yeah, we got to see that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just Rendlesham has become it's just like it's so it's becomes it, it it was in the 80s it was kind of a simple story some air force guys saw some stuff it was weird you didn't really know much about it you had that recording where colonel halt is looking at the you know there it just went over the tree line there it is again which actually got sampled in some by some electronic band but but there's uh, and so like the '80s, but like from like the, from like the year 2000 on, it just got all this mess just added added on, yeah, constantly to it, and it's just become this most complicated thing now, and it's just it's become like Roswell, basically. Yeah, Roswell became yeah. like that, right? And I I, I think uh, I don't think Roswell was based in anything. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the only thing that was weird about Roswell is that the damn newspaper said that a, that a, that an alien flying saucer had been intercepted by the. I I think it was some kind of probably experimental aircraft. Yeah. That uh, that we were working on that they didn't want us to know about, and I think that that UFO, the flying saucer story, was the first cover story, and yeah. then they realized like, oh, we just really messed up. We better not say that. And so they went with a weather balloon story. I think that's where it started. Yeah, It may have been that Project Mogul balloon, too. There would have been a reason to hide that. Yeah. Yeah. They call it a weather balloon. Because Because they were spying on the Soviet Union. Yeah. 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 But uh, I remember in the initial report, it describes something that was just picked up a bunch of little pieces. So, you know, not something that was big. So I think it probably was... Parts of a Project Mogul balloon. Uh, the only thing that was weird is that they had a guy who's claimed to be a little kid, and his dad brought the debris, and it had all the little alien writings and the glyphs on it. And but you know, he was young when he saw that. And I remember things as, as a little kid, you know, being crazy, and then to go back and look at it again and go, "Oh, that's all it was," you know. Yeah, that's something that like that happens a lot. I because I don't remember a lot from my childhood either. But like sometimes you'll see something like a TV show or something like when you saw yeah. it when you were a kid, and you were like, "Whoa, it was the craziest thing ever!" And then you see it again, and you're, you're like, like, "That's ah. it." Yeah, like I, I had these badass toys when I was a kid. It was called <laughs> Space Force. It had this badass flying saucer with this <laughs> robot in it. You can Google it. Is that and where Trump got the idea? Space Force. No, I think it's called, <laughs> no, it's called Star Force. It might have been called Star Force. Was it like Star Wars ripoff? It was a Star Wars ripoff toys. And yeah. even had a, I even had a ripoff Darth Vader. He looked like a Darth Vader from 1961. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember these things looking badasses. And I looked them up recently, and I was just laughing. I was man, I thought that was badass. <laughs> well, I was lame when I was yeah, kid. <laughs> this flying saucer with a damn... Rip off. Yeah, RQG2 you were telling me about that. The and other and night. a rip off uh, Darth Vader. It looked really cool, man. I thought it did, but I look at it now, it just looked goofy. It's just goofy looking. Goofy, yeah. So, what yeah. do you guys think about Skinwalker Ranch? That is another one that it, it seems like it's kind of an area, like you said, Rendlesham Forest. Uh, yeah. You know, Skinwalker Ranch, same thing. People have been reporting lights and like weird 
rumbling and stuff like that. But it seemed like, and I had never heard of this either. This was another like uh, listener recommendation. And when I started looking into it and I said, well, we have to do a show about this just because it's not just UFO sightings. It's everything. It's like pretty mm-hmm. much paranormal central. It's like, yeah. I think I, I don't remember if people have seen ghosts there, but people have seen all because it's UFOs. There's people, been ghosts sighted. Cryptids. There's been, there's been yeah. poltergeist phenomenon, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Everything. Yeah. But I feel like the craziest shit didn't, really start until like the nineties, like when that one family moved there, uh, the Shermans or whatever they call them. And that was that whole thing with like uh, the cattle mutilations and like the bulletproof wolf. And there's an aerospace company working out of that area. If you ask me, it's a bunch of legends that they put out to act as a site, as, as a, as a disinformation cover. Yeah. You know, know Robert Bigelow bought the ranch and he sent that team in there. Yeah, to, that's right. You know, Big now, now somebody else owns it. And my theory now, and I've said this before, my theory is that they want to turn the thing into like a paranormal theme park for the rich. Yeah, that sounds about right. Did yeah, you guys I, watch the documentary? Um, Did we watch that documentary? I did watch one documentary about it, but I don't uh, know if it was. I think I watched part of a documentary and I just, I, I was so astounded that I couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, I've seen paranormal stuff, but it's very rare. And when you start telling me that there's all these different phenomena all in the same spot happening at at a high rate of frequency where it's, you know, every few months, you know, there's a new Bigfoot and then all of a sudden a, a Mothman and then three months later a flying triangle and, and then, then shadow six months later got a shadow people and then, <laughs> and then saw dark-eyed children and, and then and then, <laughs> then then blue-eyed children, and then all kinds of... Witches, vampires. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. I start, you know, calling bullshit. (laughs) It seems like a little too over-the-top to be true. Yeah. Like I said, I could buy that people were seeing weird lights around there, that there was, like, weird audio anomalies or something like that for many years. But once, like, the Shermans started getting in there and saying, oh, we there was this big, huge wolf, and we shot it, and it's bulletproof, yeah. and then it disappeared, and they started seeing... like They just started seeing... Didn't they see shadow people and shit like that, too, I feel like? And other kinds of uh, other kinds of cryptids, too. It just seemed like too much. It was just too much, yeah. Like you said, if, yeah. if you're going to do a paranormal story like that, I mean, keep tone it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah but, there, but God, there are real places. There are places that have this stuff happen. I well, mean, it, this, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. Unless this is a some, big part of like Fortiana. Unless there's some sort of like uh, regional hallucinatory effect or something that just gets into your head, and then your head, whatever's in your head already is like you know you kind of projecting into it. Maybe. Oh, that's yeah. the only way I can kind of see that that. Well, I'd have to go down there and see it for myself. I know. I, I kind of want to go just yeah. out of curiosity. I, I'm sure that there's some really weird place in Florida. Yeah. That you that guys can go reputation. to. Yeah. I mean, there's there's place here in Tennessee. I mean, we got the Bell Witch Cave. Yeah. yeah that's, my, a, uh, that's a weird area. Why my grandparents and my dad are from Tennessee, and they grew up. Oh, uh, really? So they, they didn't live that far away from where the Bell Witch legend came from. So they had like a whole bunch of books about it and stuff. And so I, I so I was kind of fascinated yeah. by that case. I looked into that Bell Witch case though. And I remember when I first read, I read a, uh, a synopsis of the case. Yeah. And then I think I read the book itself. Yeah. That was a long time ago. And it was after my Mammoth Mountain experience. Yeah. 
And I kind of bought into it because a lot of it, man, sounded a lot like this stuff. It sounds that like to a me. poltergeist. Yeah, it sounds just like it. And, I'm and going, I put it in my poltergeist book. Like, yeah, that, that's what it that's a like. poltergeist. But what? <laughs> the, cat, the cat says hello. Cat. <laughs> but um, so the problem is, is that I looked more into the original source of that story, and that seems to be a book, uh, a book of fiction. Seems to be somebody wrote that book. Been saying that the uh, was the president uh, Jackson, Jackson was there, yeah. Jackson, yeah. and that evidently there's no proof that Jackson was in that area. I, I, I think th- something really happened, but I think it's been because it was nearly it was 200 oh. years ago. It's yeah. been really fictionalized. Yeah, again, it's, that's like kind of the thing. We talk about this on a lot of our paranormal shows, where you know, Tom had wanted to do this show about. Uh, kind of 40 in archaeology. He's like, because I remember like reading all this stuff about, you know, what they would call toads in the hole where like, yeah, these, yeah. you know, they, they would crack open a rock and then there'd be a frog in there that was like, a, the rock they, was like a million years yeah, old. Yeah, they'd something. crack open a piece of coal and it'd be a, a living Yeah, or like he that. said, or there was one where there was like a cave and they thought it was like a stalactite, but it was like a pterodactyl and stuff. Yeah. And so like the more I started looking into these stories, because a lot of them turn up in these kind of like compilation paranormal books. When you look back, like when I was looking into that one about the pterodactyl in the cave, that was actually written as a parody, like as a fiction in a newspaper. Mm. And over the years, like the context of it got lost. And then it started getting like reprinted, like in all these paranormal books as As like something something that really happened, even though when it was originally printed, everybody knew it was just like a like a fictional. And it sounded very plausible. They were going through a cave. I think they were making a, uh, making a train track through a cave, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Or something like that. And a stalag, tight fell and when it hit the ground it unfolded and it was the wings of a of a pterodactyl, pterodactyl. or a pteranodon or whatever yeah, and it, it flew out of the cave and they chased it and it got out into the sunlight and they were beating it with brooms or something <laughs> and it, get that pterodactyl yeah, get it get it get it and then it, <laughs> it started to fall apart and fall into dust and leathery dust and that it had been slightly dried from see that sounds like some underworld shit yeah. right there <laughs> but there's nothing to it yeah, so so I feel like um, you know whenever we do shows because I think I think we've been going more toward like true crime lately just because you know that's what we usually get the um, requests for. But whenever we do a paranormal show and I try to go back to like original source material and stuff like that, one it's either like really hard to find or two you found that it's been like wildly embellished over the years. Over the years, right. so you really don't know like what actually happened at that point, because it's been added on to so many times. Cause you know, people wanted to make it creepier and yeah. stuff like that. As far as UFOs go, I think that the UFO sighting over Illinois, where all the, the all those different police departments chased that thing down that flying triangle. Yeah. yeah. And the guy even got a photograph of it. You could just see the lights. I believe that that was a case that really happened. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good that. one. Yeah. Phoenix when, when lights not, is a good one too. Yeah. Phoenix yep. lights. I can't see how Phoenix Lights could have been faked. Now, the famous video of the Phoenix Lights, that, th- those were flares. That's a different incident, yeah. yeah. Those were flares, and, and they keep every time they talk about the Phoenix Lights, these dumbasses that run these television shows show that footage, which yeah. undermines everything that they say. There was a real video taken of the Flying Triangle craft, and it's barely visible. It looks like static with three little dot, three or four little dots. Have you seen that one? I think so. Yeah. And 
they say that is actually real video of that craft, but they don't use it because you can't really use it for television. It looks terrible. Right. There's so many witnesses from so many different angles that describe just a massive triangular thing blocking out the stars. Well, I think what what did it for me was the 911 operators. 911 operators all down that state said everyone was calling. Yeah, it was lighting up the boards. Yeah, so you just can't fake that. And the governor, even though he tried to kind of make fun of it, later on, he said, after he was governor, he said... uh, and he saw it. He saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he tried mm-hmm. to dig into it and help the situation afterwards. Right. And it got yeah. roadblocked too. They pulled that now, joke where they had the guy dressed up as an alien. They said, We caught the yeah. guy who's responsible. And they're like, Oh, oh you know. <laughs> now one of the really good witnesses, I think he's dead, he's dead now, but he was in his forties during the time that it happened. He came out and said that he thought that he, he said, first of all, he said, I saw it. And I don't think the governor saw it because he's saying he saw it at this place and at this time and he couldn't have. You know, he said he thought the governor was lying that he saw it. Um, but I don't know. Governor said he saw it. And let us not forget that it was Kurt Russell who saw them first and radioed it in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, Russell yeah that, that's normal, though. <laughs> that's of course normal. it was Kurt Russell. It was Kurt that's Russell. Normal. <laughs> that's normal, man. That's what the Kressel does. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, he's even down in Antarctica stopping alien invasions and shit. <laughs> <laughs> McCready. <laughs> yeah. President of what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a classic line. President of what? Well, I gotta, I gotta ask you the time we got left, guys, about. Uh, this one from your mass hysteria show, the vanishing genitalia. Yeah, Jenny can tell you. All I, about I that. love this story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's, like, it's not funny, but we. Yeah, that was another. Uh, it, another it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Another recommendation was like, oh, you guys. I mean, we did a show about the Salem witch trial, but they said, oh, you should yeah. do one about different, uh, you know, mass hysteria. So yeah, like it is mad, an African problem. Mad gas or Mattoon and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But this happened, this was, uh, I was going to say recent, but it wasn't yeah. actually a long time ago. It was 1990. And uh, it was in Nigeria. Yeah. And for some reason, like all the guys in this particular, you know, region, they got it into their heads that if like a stranger brushed past them or like had some kind of incidental body contact or something like that, um, then the the person would feel like weird like a tingling feeling in their scrotum. Yeah. And then they would like grab their dick and go, Oh my God, they, they took my dick. Is it still there? It's gone. Yeah. And then uh, apparently they would like, then like go up to the person and be like, Hey, you stole my dick. And then the, and then a crowd would gather around yeah. as it would. Cause it's like, Oh, well, I don't see how this goes down. Yeah. And then the victim <laughs> would like take all his clothes off and look, look, my penis is gone. Except it was still there. Right. So then he's like, Oh, well he must've just put it back. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's like, or or it's someone else's. Like he switched right. it with somebody switched else's. Switched it with another dude. That's not mine. That's yeah. not mine. <laughs> mine was bigger. <laughs> right. That's probably exactly what it was. Mine was three times that size. <laughs> Wait, so when, when did this happen? 1990. So I don't know like what There's like an epidemic this- of these? Yeah, I don't know whether it was like a particular outbreak. It's happened in other places too, but yeah. this is like probably the most famous one. Yeah, magic is still a big thing in in certain in a lot of parts of the, the African continent. You know, they it's it's basically magic, magic and voodoo. Yeah, you know, they think that dudes stealing each other's dicks and uh, uh, casting witches casting spells on people. A lot of people just they kill innocent people all the time 
considering that they're thinking that they're well and it's it's funny but it's like if you like just brush past some dude and he thinks he's that you stole his dick even though it's clearly still there next thing you know got 40 people beat they yeah yeah, they get beaten to that so it's like it's not really i mean it's funny funny. to us but not to the person who was just like hey man i was just walking past you in the street i didn't take your and evidently some it affected some women too although they were more worried about like their boobs getting stolen yeah so they would like would walk around the street like holding on to their boobs like i guess so yeah there's all kinds of weird stuff because i guess if you're holding on to them they can't magic them off you i don't really know how that works there's one of them where they thought that a woman in the in, in the town was a witch uh it really had something to do with her she was from another village so they passed a death sentence on her and her son or her cousin or uncle or her nephew. They made the nephew, all kinds of weird magical stuff. They made the nephew rape his own aunt. Then they killed them both, set them on fire. Yeah. Weird, Jesus. you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, that's not, it's no joke. Yeah. The what you country really just, was this? I don't remember what, you can look it up. It was somewhere in the African continent. It might, it was, might've been Nigeria or something. Yeah, The vanishing genitalia thing was Nigeria. Like I said, that's not the only one it's, it's um, happened. It happens a lot of Asian countries and stuff too. Like periodically, there'll just be some weird mass hysteria. It's like a witch panic, but it's because I think it's because it happens a lot in cultures where um, the penis is still considered like a, like a magical item like a totem of fertility yeah. and stuff and so there would be a market i guess for you like think, stealing them you would think that this stuff would all be gone in the modern era where you have cell phones and everything and no it's not it's not there's sort of still little towns out in places like in africa that you can get killed because they think that you cast a spell on them you know and made their dick disappear yeah, and or, reappear really quickly yeah. right well you've got the weird stuff that goes on in africa where like they kill albinos and yeah yeah like do something they eat them or i don't know i've forgotten yeah. what it is that they do but Isn't they think albinos albinos can yeah something like that yeah i think are, they think cures yeah like a some disease cures aids or something I, i've heard well, the one where use- they're like if you have sex with a virgin it'll cure your aids yeah yeah i've heard that one too yeah yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work, though. Well, no. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Th- thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> we wouldn't have known. But it's, a, well, because if you think about it, and, you know, I don't Maybe know. it's because it's, it's like sympathetic magic. I was just going to say you exactly that. You had sex with the that. virgin, so you're a virgin all over again. Yeah, it's like, so pure, it's purifying. Yeah, so I didn't have sex, so I can't have AIDS. Right. Because I'm the virgin cause again. Because it, it's reverse sex. It's reversed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, and that's exactly what it is. Like, if you yeah. think about it from that mindset, like when you think about like medieval medicine and things like that, like now all of it sounds stupid as hell. Yeah. But if you kind of see it from their point of view, and particularly sympathetic magic, like you said, he's a light cures life yeah. or whatever. You can see where they were coming from with a lot of it, even though on its surface, it sounds like, like some crazy shit, yeah. but you can kind of see where they were coming from with it. They're also making airplanes, anything that kind of looks like an airplane. You've seen those, those things that African guys make. In, in yeah. Those, yeah. They're, they're basically still in, in these little towns are still tribal. Basically. You're talking about the car- cargo cults. Yeah. No, they're not a cargo cult. A guy just says, I'm going to make an airplane. You know, but I guess no internet access, no way of finding out how to make how it fly. An, how an airplane actually works. It just as long as it looks like an airplane, it'll fly. You can see them on YouTube. You know, nah, it doesn't fly. 
no power to weight ratio, power to weight ratio all wrong, no lifting bot, no lifting body on the wings, and just you know, if you don't really know how lift works, you know, because uh, you have to have a certain wing section, you know, it's got flat on the bottom and kind of curved on top, you know, to for for airflow to get lift. If you don't know these little details, you know, how to make a propeller. Yeah. The pitch has got to be just well. Yeah, they're just seeing one and being like, "I can make that." Shit. Yeah, I can make that. And then he's going to make it. <laughs> and, and so what's funny is that some of some of them had me going like, "Yeah, that might fly." No, this shit didn't fly. It's funny. No, it's, when, it, it's funny when you yeah. brought up cargo cults because yeah. I was just thinking of uh, one of our one of our cats, Beijing. Yeah, she has a tendency of like coming in my office, and I have like all these little stuffed toys of like little monsters and spiders and stuff. And she comes in every night, and she takes them one by one. And takes them out in the living room and leaves them like in a little configuration, like a poltergeist pattern. Like yeah, and then like she'll sit there and cry at them. And we've started calling that like her cargo cult because yeah. I think that she thinks that if she puts them there, then we will come out and pet her. Yeah, something. You know like what that. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she's like trying to she's yeah. trying to bring the people she, by bringing all these little babies and putting yeah. them out and being like, hey, yeah, she, I brought you these. She sings to them. It's weird. <laughs> It makes She's this weird crawling, crying noise, <laughs> looking at him. And if you catch her, you're like, what's up? And she gets embarrassed, like, oh, you caught me up. Cats are yeah, strange. We, we call that her kitty cargo cult. Yeah. The other cat doesn't do that, but she does kitty that. cargo cult. <laughs> I, I do want to say um, thank you for suggesting a movie to me. Oh, which uh, one? Mandy. Yeah, that's a good one. Doesn't that, uh, I know, I love that movie. It kicked ass. Liked it? Yeah, I loved it. It was weird as shit. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to watch. Acid was so strong that it sizzled when it hit his tongue. <laughs> you hear that? He hit his tongue and it sizzled and shit. And it <laughs> took immediate effect. This is one you need to see, Rob. I'm just telling you. Okay. Yeah. Is- <laughs> it's really good. And that guy, his first movie was um, Beyond the Black Rainbow. And that one is even weirder. Like. Yeah. That one was kind of hard to sit through because, I mean, it didn't have, I mean, I know it's funny to say like that Mandy had kind of a straightforward plot, but it was a pretty straightforward plot. Yeah. I mean, particularly uh, in relation to Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I, I, and I'm good at following movies. I had no fucking idea what was going on in that movie. It was cool. Like it was cool to look at. It was like kind of like watching a lava lamp. Yeah, That's kind of how Mandy was too. It was just a sensory overload, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and this my, one was my, like that. The first one was like that too, but I didn't know what was going on in it. But my stepson was here and uh, uh, on leave from the Navy, and we were watching it, and he just like he couldn't take it. He's like, "You enjoy, man? I, I can't, I can't, I can't handle this." <laughs> <laughs> what got him? <laughs> I don't what know. He, he's I don't, sometimes. I mean, he just sometimes he just can't take like weird movies. It's just that's just kind of how he is. So. Hmm. Oh, I love weird movies. Yeah. What's funny is that guy that directed it is the son of the guy who directed like um, Tombstone and like Cobra back in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> I think we mentioned that. I think yeah. we mentioned that one yeah. in a review. On I gotta that. get Cobra again. I, I remember not liking that movie. <laughs> That's Sylvester Stallone, right? Yes, Sylvester Stallone. Cobra is the best Bad Stallone movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? Do you know really what what Cobra started off as? Do you know what movie that is? Dirty Harry. No. That's Beverly Hills Cop. Really? Oh, that's right. We were yeah. talking about this the other day. They were gonna. They were making Beverly Hills Cop, and it was gonna. It was gonna be um, Stallone. 
And Stallone says, yeah, this is a good movie. Can you call me Cobra? And it was uh, Cobretti. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were like, Cobretti? He goes, yeah, I want to be Cobretti. And also, why isn't there more action in this? Why isn't there more car chases? Why am I that? not punching why, people? Yeah, right? why? And, 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 <laughs> and they didn't have the budget for that. So another studio says, I'll make that movie. You know, we'll call it like Cobra. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Then they said, what about that uh, funny black guy from Saturday Night Live? What's his name? Eddie Murphy? Yeah, <laughs> maybe he could do it. And they got him in and they just said, oh, yeah, this is magic. And, you know, and he it was knocked, magic. knocked it out of the park. Beverly so, Hills Cop is one movie that has really held up because oh, yeah, we just watched movie. it again a couple times. I love it. Ago, I love that. It was, it's still funny. Yeah. The reason I said Dirty Harry is because it really is a straight, like, Dirty Harry ripoff. Yeah, so uh, much so that his partner in the movie is the same guy who played yeah. Dirty Harry's partner in Dirty Harry, and <laughs> the other guy. The other guy. There's another guy in the movie. He was also in uh, Hellraiser, who uh, was uh, the um, what was the, what did they call the their version of the Gemini Killer in Dirty Harry? I don't remember the Scorpio uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he oh, was yeah, the Scorpio yeah. in Dirty Harry. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. Wow. But, Dirty Harry, sloppy seconds. But originally, Cobra was Beverly Hills Cop. So, you know. Put that's that so funny phone. because yeah. that's like they're, <laughs> they're completely different movies. Completely and I could movies. not imagine what Beverly Hills Cop would have been like with Sylvester Stallone in it. Yeah, oh, wait, no. I know it would have been like, stop or my mom will shoot. Stop or my mom will shoot. That's how that would have ended up. Yeah. It would have ended badly. <laughs> that's funny. That's, just, that's I like a, Sylvester Stallone, though. That's the second time somebody's brought up something with Estelle Getty in it tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was somebody talking about the Golden Girls earlier? Or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, Rob's girlfriend, Alyssa's got a Betty White Chia pet. No and, way. And it- <laughs> the world is a magical place. My daughter, Adam got here earlier and my daughter was arguing with him. Because I, I don't remember how it started, but she was she was saying he, he said uh, something about uh, the Golden Girls Chia Pet, and she said it's not Golden Girls, it's Betty White. And Adam was <laughs> like, Betty White was in Golden Girls, and she was arguing with him. And I told him to ground her. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes back to Alyssa and says, "Mom, it was uh, Betty White and the go- it, it said that's the girl that's Betty White and the Golden Girls." She's just like, "Yeah, that's Betty White." It's like, oh. <laughs> she didn't know Betty White was on the Golden Girls. Well, she's like, 16, I so I mean, oh. that's not that's so no she, excuse. She's allowed to not know stuff. Uh, we've yeah. raised her better. Than that. <laughs> I still can't believe they made a chia pet of. I know. That's crazy. I don't. I don't think they called it Betty White though. They called it something else. But you look at it, and you go, "That's Betty White." <laughs> it's just Rose. <laughs> Betty White kicks ass. She's like funny though. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? She, oh, I like she's that she, she's just, um, she doesn't take herself too seriously. Remember when know? she was on the Liars Club? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah. We These, watched some of those on YouTube. Please don't step on the laptop, kitty. <laughs> Come here. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on, especially coming on short notice. This was really fun. Hey, and, no uh, problem. Yeah, we, always, we always like coming on here. Yeah, it's always yeah. time. We love having <laughs> you. Tell everybody where they can hear the show and uh, also help you guys out. Okay. Plug away. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
if you would like to listen to 13 o'clock podcast, we have our regular episodes. They come out every Tuesday, uh, usually true crime, sometimes paranormal, historical mysteries, that type of stuff. They're on YouTube. Uh, yeah, they're on YouTube. Also on iTunes. If you just want the audio and version bit shoot. and bit shoot, uh, uh, we do yeah. that too. Um, and we also do movie, movie reviews, usually older movies. Uh, those come out on Friday and we do matinee, which is three new movies in the theater. And I put that up every Sunday. Yeah. So, and, uh, and Jenny's books are available on Amazon, Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Or you can go to my website, right. Jenny Ashford.com. Yeah. And everything is on there. <laughs> Excellent guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Stay on the line for us. We're going to close out this section. All right. And we'll be back on Conspiracy Normal to close out the show. All right. Well, Lord of Mercy, that was quite of a quite an event there. Yep. Rob looks like he's about to pass out. I am. <laughs> I go eat some food. You've been working hard, Rob. I have. You've been uh, a, 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 just a little carpenter. I am just a little carpenter now. Just build stuff. I just cut wood and I screw it together. and It's a lot of fun, though. This is life, right? This is life. I'm covered in sawdust right now. I didn't even blow myself off today. <laughs> Usually, the end of the day, you, attach, you, know, you take the air compressor hose and put the spray nozzle on it, blow all the sawdust stuff. I didn't even do that today. Uh-huh. I don't care. Yeah. What are you, uh, you're working on something interesting. Do you, you want to go into it a little bit? Uh, which thing? Hmm? Which thing? Well, what you're doing, like, you know, what you're working on being a oh, carpenter. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're building 20 something booths for a big restaurant down on Broadway that's opening up. It's multiple different styles of different sizes and, you know, you're, Taking these blueprints and, you know, just making it, make, it's, it's weird seeing it come from a, 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 like a schematic to like a reality. It, it's, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy what I'm doing. Um, you're, you're helping to build an axe room. Oh yeah, there's, there's an axe throwing room. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, awesome. I'm finding out that that is actually a, uh, a new fad is axe throwing. That makes sense. Then I'm excited. I'm definitely gonna throw some axes. I bet I'm good at it. Yeah, yeah. That just seems to me like the worst thing you can mix with alcohol is axes. Sounds like the best alcohol. thing you can mix with alcohol. Are we gonna get in there with our kilts and do some axe throwing? Yeah, I'm down. Oh Let's yeah, do it. We'll grab Serfiel and we'll go throw some axes. Which, by the way, he will be back next week. And uh, you will not be here. I will not. I've got a Little Mermaid performance to get ready for. Yes. Are you playing the Little Mermaid? No, I'm not Ariel. Okay. I'm. I'm just playing bass. Ah, uh, for the uh, yeah. So this Musical is the accompaniment. This is like the actual like Disney like it's, it's songs the, and, and stuff. It's the Broadway version of the Disney Little uh-huh. Mermaid movie. Yes. Uh huh. All right, guys. Well, just a couple quick announcements. Um, as you probably noticed, we did not have Mark O'Connell. Uh, I'm going. He had something come up, so I'm going to reschedule with him someday. That 
that uh, interview will happen again. Some things just stop fighting the universe. I know. I mean, you you know, it's true. You know, sometimes you got to fight the universe, man. (laughs) And it's just like, that's how it goes. But uh, I do have an interesting interview set up for next week that I'm really excited about. I won't go into much more, but because I don't want to jinx anything (laughs) by saying, yeah, we'll have this person on and then nothing happens. So, um, but uh, we will also, at some point uh, in the near future, we'll have another Romper Room episode that will be available on Patreon. And I am going to have some swag that our good friend Heather is working on that we're going to have some pins and stickers possibly and stuff like that. So yeah, I just talked to her about that yesterday. Can I get a little skull with a fez? You could get a little skull with a fez. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get some magnets or something. So we'll have things that we can send out to people and patrons and we need to get more. um, We need to get a a whole new line of t-shirts too. So I'm going to be working on that. So I'm kind of trying to structure that and, thinking about how I'm going to restructure the tiers as well. So uh, just to make things more friendly. So that's basically it. And to find our Patreon, where would people go, Mr. Rob? Well, I believe you can go to patreon.com slash conspiranormal and you can find everything there. We've got lots of bonus episodes up at this point. Immediately you get access to all of that, all the archives that are up there. Uh, like Adam said, there's various tiers. Um, we still got some of the old style T-shirts. We're gonna have new ones up there. Uh, depending how things get structured, there'll be other swag, and yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool. So if you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. Uh, if you don't want to subscribe to something, but you want to contribute to the show, you can do a one-time donation at our website. It helps out a lot. You know, we have a lot of costs and overhead in producing the show, and we really appreciate it, all you guys. If you want to help the show out, uh, but you can't afford to do it monetarily, just Share us with your friends. Give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen. Um, send us an email. Just hit us up. We like to chat and hear from you guys, too. So all of that helps tremendously, and uh, we love you guys. And also, Rob, I know that you like saying that, but I may have a way that you might not have to say that anymore. But we'll keep that I've gotten pretty for the good near at future. It. You have gotten pretty good at it. So, All right, guys. Join us next week for... Another guest and another fun-filled episode of Conspiranormal! Lord of mercy.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.